Good morning, everyone. Today, I want to challenge you to see how much you can imagine the victory that Christ has given to us. I'm George Watkins, and you are on Monday on target, and we are going to hear from the Holy Ghost today. <laughs> Thank you for coming by in our regular Monday morning broadcast that we have every morning. If you're new to our broadcast, thank you for stopping by, and you are welcome to be with us. Thank you. Now, we're going to talk today about victory, and we're going to see if we can catch a fresh picture, a fresh image, and see how far our imagination can go in understanding the total victory Jesus has given us. Now, Paul said that we could have imagination to the, to the, to the end, as far as you can imagine. Then he said, once we get to the border of imagination, we've stopped, we've blanked out, that's as far as we can go. Power of God, the Word of God, the things of God, the revelation of Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Father go beyond imagination. <laughs> Try that one on. All the the theories we have and the ideas and the big, you know, the big brain pops that we're thinking, whoa, like thinking about this. Can God do that? He said, after you've exhausted yourself in imagining, then he said he's exceedingly able to go to go beyond your thoughts your imaginations and so forth now with that in mind i want to propose to you today a uh, exercise program this week or at least some homework for you to begin to stretch your understanding and your imagination and your wonder and your faith into just how big was victory Christ won on the cross. I say this because we have been, <laughs> I have been, because I've had a long journey in this. And when I say we, I don't want to include all of you in, in some of the craziness that I've been involved with, but it's there. In the church, there's a strange mixture in our theology of victory and failure or strength and weakness. And somehow some of our Christian brothers and sisters have the idea that it's a contest between God and the devil. There's a football or a soccer match or a hockey game, and they're playing hard, and one side wins one day and one side wins the other day, and it's an ongoing battle against evil and against darkness and so forth. Well, if you want to park yourself in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant, that could be true because there was that battle going on. However, the scriptures tell us at the end of the age. Now, remember yesterday or this last week, Friday, I told you that the end of the age is not the end of your age in our some kind of theology, theory, idea we have that somewhere in the future there's going to be an end-time prophecy, an end-time situation. So we put everything off, but the end of the age for the prophetic word in the Bible, in the uh, Old Testament, 
especially was coming to the end of the old covenant and the beginning of the new covenant. That was the end of an age, the age of the old covenant where the, the, the oxen and the turtle dove was sacrificed regularly and then annually. They had to come and have their sins covered again. The high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and one time a year they would go in and bring the, bring the blood in and sprinkle it on the altar. Well, Scripture tells us in the New Testament that one time, one time at the end of the age, Jesus came and sacrificed for us for total redemption forever. No more is there a blood sacrifice. No more will there, there will never be the red heifer on the uh, altar in Jerusalem in the rebuilt temple. That's that's wasting your time, spinning your wheels and getting you off your target. Your target is not to return to Jerusalem and build a temple. Your target is to do the work God called us to do, and that is gather in the spoils. Now, if victory has come, like I suspected and believe it, if total victory happened where the devil was completely defeated and the and death was completely conquered and Christ completed his purpose on earth and for his journey through the earth back to the father at, after resurrection he goes back to the father presents the blood and the sacrifice before the father and the father says well done it's perfect the sacrifice has been made the covenant is sealed and then to to show that it was done, he said, I'm going to come back in the form of the Holy Ghost in Acts 2.4. You'll find that in John 14, 15, and 16. He said, I'm coming again. He said, and when I do, two things will take place to prove that I have come back. Your joy will be overflowed to where you've never had it that high before, and you will be able to ask anything you want in my name to the Father. Those two things happen at Pentecost. Now that tells me, now I'm not doing away with the second coming of Christ. Don't be running down off the dock on me now. Okay. <laughs> I'm just stirring you up a little bit to, to get you, get you uh, focused on the fact that victory has been totally won. Okay. The church then has a mix of victory and defeat. We battle the devil, we go into intercession, and we push him back again, and he comes in, and he attacks, and we go back, and we fight. So we've formed this idea of this continual fight on earth. Well, you say, if that's true, how come we have problems? That, well, <laughs> there's a book back in the 70s that sold like hotcakes. Satan is alive and well on planet earth. Well, good for him. I mean, not good for him because he's not. He's bound by the covenant promise. Now, here's the here's the clink, here's the clincher. That covenant has to be acted upon, and that's where you and I come in. We are together the spoils, and the 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 spoils are men and women have been freed from the bondage of sin and death. They have been freed by the cross and the and the resurrection. They have been forgiven by the Father, and the blood has been covered their sins. The entire world has been forgiven of their sins. They just don't know it yet, and they haven't received Christ as the signet in their spirits. 
We are to gather the spoils. They are the captives that have been delivered out of bondage. They're the ones that were sitting in darkness in Matthew 4 when Jesus, when the scripture says, and they saw a great light. Those that sat in darkness saw a great light. That was the coming of Christ, of Jesus, the word. Didn't John say that the word became flesh and dwelt among us? And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten son of the father. That was that light that came, those that sat in darkness. And Christ performed on the cross, resurrection and ascension, the essential covenant sealing action that made the declaration for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the Pentecostal church, the Baptist, the 14 friends, I no, 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 the world, the cosmos, everything out there is redeemed by the Christ, the Christ on the cross, and resurrection. Now, someone said to me the other day, or I heard them say, that the reason the animal kingdom fell when Adam fell was that man had to be on top according to God's plan. So when Adam and Eve did what they did, committed high treason, the entire culture and creation fell. The animals had been redeemed. The Plants have been redeemed. The carrots in the ground, the potatoes in the ground, your dog and cat have been redeemed. Now, what do I mean by that? We have, we have come into a new covenant, and that new covenant says we are more than conquerors. We can, we can do things and exploits greater than Christ. All those things are new covenant promises, and the devil can't stop us because he has been bound, defeated, and censored into 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 uh, <laughs> into a box. Okay, you say, well, good for you, Pastor. You're having a great life. I'm getting the I'm getting the you know I'm getting kicked all over there, all over all over the world, all over the. I'm getting run over by the enemy. He's beat me up. He's stealing from me and killing me. Okay, what are you going to do about it? You're going to roll over and take it. Or are you going to stand up on the covenant that has been completed and take this to the throne room and bring a decree of sentence against him in the name of Jesus and block that thing and bind it because he's a liar. He's been telling you he's in control and he's not. He's not in control. Oh, I know. I know the arguments and the and the you know, the rationale that goes on. Well, I know someone that prayed and they died. I know someone that gave and they went broke. I know someone that loved somebody and then they had a divorce. Okay. I know those things go on. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus said. There will be trouble. There will be trials. There will be tribulations. There will be things that go on. But in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ that loved us and gave himself for us. That's the promise of the new covenant. Now, if we are together the spoils, then when we stand in front of a congregation as an evangelist preaching Jesus, it's not 
the finger in the face, you're going to hell, you dirty sinner. It's, hey, Christ has already forgiven you and has freed you from your sins. So come on out. And Jesus said, if you believe on me, you have eternal life. Come on in. That's how we gather the spoils. When I say the spoils, I'm talking about the treasures and the and the uh, the things that are gathered by a great army, for instance. The enemy, Satan, captured the world, had it in bondage. The army of God came in with Christ as, as the leader and conquered that in that that army. The spoils are all the people that were in bondage, the world. They were under the yoke of the enemy. And Christ, by the blood on the cross, covered that, uh, conquered that. So we are gathering spoils. Evangelism and ministry and loving people and calling them in. The message is a good message. It's you have already been freed. Come on out of prison. The door is not only open, it's been taken away. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I know I have a repetitive message comes comes all the time, and it's come again. I want you to understand the power and the total uh, unthinkable fathomless. <laughs> I'm making this up as I go. Hold on. The unthinkable fathomless depths of victory that Jesus gave us, total victory. It's sealed. It's done. Now, how do we pray then? What about intercession? Do we lay in the floor and cry out for God's help? Do we have times of, Paul said, groanings that cannot be uttered, intercessions? There are, there are experiences in God and in your prayer life that you will have that will be amazingly unusual and wonderful. But let God lead you into those. Don't prefabricate some kind of system and a habit of going into the same posture all the time. Focus yourself on the face of the Father. Remember, this is unveiled face. We come before the Father with an unveiled face. And you know what that is? That's the signet of the bride after the wedding, taking the veil away face to face with her, with her husband, her new, her, her, you know, the marriage partner. Wow. Isn't that something? So whatever you pray, however you pray, from that is the invitation of the Father, and he will guide your process and progress. Sometimes you sing a song, other times you pray a prayer. Sometimes you meditate, other times you just listen to the Father. Okay. Amen. I've laid on the floor because it was God's timing for me. I've cried out to God. I've interceded. I've moaned. I've groaned. I've hollered. I've spoken tongues. It was all as the Holy Spirit gave utterance. Amen. But do I have a, you know, a permanent practice on Monday? I do this on Tuesday. I do this. No. Step into that presence and the Holy Spirit invites me in and out of that experience. 
he gives me, like the snowflake, it's always new, never the same. Wow. Okay. Well, that's Monday, and we are kicked off and ready to roll. It's going to be a good Monday. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm excited about this Monday. Amen. Beside that, it's my birthday. <laughs> Ain't going to tell you how old I am because you can figure it up yourself. I'm always giving hints. <laughs> I was saved in 1950. You figure it out. Okay. Well, thank you for stopping by and thank you for your support in all the ways you do it. Encouragement, uh, comments on Facebook, you like us and you become a friend on YouTube, you, you uh, sign up and all that good stuff. And there's some of you that have been nudged by the Lord to send us a gift. We received that, and it has been and will continue to be a blessing as you do that. Until tomorrow, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you in that channel of victory every day of your life. See you tomorrow.